0: All right. Praise be to you, too, our loving God that we are gathered once again to study His words and commandments. You know, basically, what we're going to study today for our uh, Bible history project is part three of Christ to Trinity uh, series, but we replace the title with "Does the Bible Really Teach that Yahusha is God?" Because in the first two parts of that series, we know that the Bible teaches that Yahusha is a man in a state of being, and nowhere. Throughout the entire Scriptures, does Yahusha ever teach that He is God? As a matter of fact, that Yahusha, the apostles, the early uh, Christians, none of them really, none of them believed, nor did they teach that Yahusha is God. It was only in the fourth century that Yahusha became God through a complex and gradual process led by Constantine. And so we know the teaching that Yahusha is God, the teaching of the so-called Trinity. Is not biblically founded, is it is not based in the holy scriptures, which is why it's quite surprising, well, perhaps not surprising, because we know the devil deceives the whole world. So we're not surprised in that aspect, that the majority of Christian believers today believe that Yahusha is God, to the point that they even say if you do not believe Yahusha is God, then you are not a true follower of Yahushua. However, When we look at scriptures and we look closely and analyze scriptures without any bias whatsoever, there's only one conclusion. There's only one father. There's only one true God, and it's not Yahusha. Yahusha teaches the only true God is the Father or is Yahuwah. And so we're going to look at today the teachings or the biblical passages that many use to teach or prove that Yahusha is God. So we ask the viewers... We ask you for biblical verses that we can analyze today. These biblical verses that preachers who teach that Yahushua is God typically use uh, to prove their belief. And so let's go ahead and look at some of these verses. There are quite a few actually in this first installment, uh, but I think there's nothing really much to add. Uh, But let's go ahead and look at the uh, biblical verses. Uh, This verse was posted on one of our sister brother pages, I checked all the verses, and would like to understand based on the verses that they use, why many people really believe that Yahusha HaMashiach is God, and not a man. Kindly check the link. Thank you, Paul. Kindly check uh, Bible verses that tells Jesus is God. And so this viewer uh, gave us a link, and this link led to all these passages That people use to teach that Yahushua is God. We'll go through them one by one today, if that's okay. It might take some time, but we'll get through all of them. Let's begin with the first one, John chapter 10, the verses 30. Let's look at this passage, John 10, verse 30. This is what it says I and my Father are one. The one speaking there is who? Yahushua. Yahushua says, I and my Father are one. Now let's take a look at this passage. Does this passage teach that Yahushua is God? It does not. Yahushua says, I and my father are one. It doesn't mean Yahusha is teaching that he is God. It does not state, I and my father are one God. And so we need to find out why did Yahushua say, I and my father are one. We need to know the context. Remember, when we look at passages, do not just read the actual passage. Look at the context. So let's read John 1027 first and let's look at the meaning of why Yahushua said I and my father are one. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. and So the context is about the sheep who belong to Yahusha. Now, what does it mean to be sheep who belong to Yahusha? They hear the uh, the voice of Mashiach and they follow him. The followers of Yahusha are likened to sheep. They are fortunate. The sheep of Yahusha are fortunate. Why? Because the Bible says that no one will ever snatch them from his hand. Yahusha says, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. He then goes on to say, no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. So Yahushua says that the sheep, no one can snatch from his hand, right? And the sheep, no one can snatch from my father's hand. And after saying that, he gives the conclusion in verse 30. I and my father are one. So it's very clear when Yahusha said, I and my father are one, he's not teaching about being God. He's teaching about taking care of the sheep, the father. No one will take the sheep out of Yahusha's hands. No one will take the sheep out of the father's hand because I and my father are one in taking care of the sheep. Okay, so that's John chapter 10, verse 30. Let's go take a look at another one. Philippians chapter 2, 5 down to 6. Let's read the passage. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Yahushua, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So this is what is written in Philippians 2, 5 to 6. Again, it does not say that Yahushua is God. Instead, it says he is in the form of God. Well, then why did Apostle Paul say that Yahusha did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In what sense is Yahusha equal with God? In form. This is why Yahusha is in the form of God. It does not say Yahusha is God. And so that's a big difference there. This actually proves that Yahushua is not God. He is in the form of God. It doesn't say he is God. He's in the form of God. Now, what does that mean? That he is in the form of God. Second Corinthians four, verse four, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Yahushua is regarded as being in the form of God because Yahushua is the image of God. Now, when it says Yahushua is in the form or image of God, is he or is the Bible referring to a physical image? In Luke 24, 39, behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself, handle me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And so when the Bible says that Yahusha is the form or the image of God, is it in reference to a physical form or image of God? No, because the true God has no physical makeup right he is what the spirit having no flesh and bones but yahushua has flesh and bones Yahusha distinguishes himself from the true god true god is spirit Yahusha says i am not spirit i have flesh and bones so what does it mean that yahushua is in the form of yahuwah or is in the form or image of god in ephesians 1, 3 down to 5, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Yahusha Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Yahusha Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What we find here is Yahuwah, our Abba, and his plan concerning mankind that he chose for salvation. What is the plan of God? That we will be adopted through who? Yahusha. For what purpose? What what does he want? He wants us in Romans chapter 8 to be like Yahusha in image. Because Yahusha is the one who meets the image of abba what is the image of abba it is referring to his holiness and his love remember when yahuwah created man he said we will create man in our image so yahuwah created man in his image what image is that yahuwah created man so that he would be holy and blameless in love that is the ideal but no one was able to achieve the ideal. Why? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's one who was able to meet the ideal because he was able to reach the form and the image of God in holiness and in love. And who is that? Our loving Mashiach Yahusha. This is why Apostle Paul says that Yahushua is in the form or image of God, not because he's God, because like God, he was able to live a life of holiness and with love. Okay. All right. Let's go to our, our next one, John 17, verse 21. Let's look at John 17, 21. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. So the one speaking here is Yahusha. And Yahusha says, you father are in me and I in you. First of all, does Yahusha, does Yahusha teach that he is God? Is there anything we can read from the passage that tells us Yahusha teaching that he is God? It doesn't say that. However, maybe there are those who will interpret this passage and say, well, Yahusha says... That the Father is in him and he is in the Father, therefore, they must be one person. That's not what it says. If that is your conclusion, we're going to have a big problem. Why? Well, if we look at the passage, it also mentions they, referring to us, the sheep, they also may be one in us. And so if we're going to use this passage where Yahusha says the Father in me and I in him as the way, the basis for teaching that Yahushua and Yahuwah are one person, then we too are going to end up becoming gods, right? Well, what does it mean, though, when Yahusha says the Father in me and I in him? What does that actually mean? John 14, 1028, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. Now, what does it mean when Yahusha said that I am in the Father, the Father is in me? It simply means Yahushua is depending on the work of the Father in him this is why even before he speaks what he speaks he doesn't speak on his own authority but he speaks according to what yahuwah tells him according to his father and so when he does the works it's actually yahuwah the father doing the works in him and because yahoo because yahusha says the father is in me and i in him does it mean the father and him are equal well to clarify and just just to make sure people don't end up thinking that way, what does Yahusha add? He says, "I'm going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I." This is why you cannot use John's uh, seventeen twenty-one to teach that Yahushua is God. Let's go look at uh, the next one, John chapter one verse eighteen. What does it say? No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who was in the bosom of the Father, He has Declared him. Now, does the Bible actually teach in this passage that Yahusha is God? Does it say that? You know what? What have you noticed so far in the biblical passages that people use to teach that Yahusha is God? What do you notice so far? <laughs> it doesn't teach it, right? You have to add a lot of imagination. You have to have a, add a lot of leaven get that across to to kind of squeeze that message in but look at John 1 18. it says here the only begotten son what does that tell you, you said, Yahusha cannot be God because he's begotten is a true God begotten is a true God begotten no the true God is the one who begets right to beget means to create to make to declare to beget okay and so Yahusha is begotten now what does that mean Begotten, so we went ahead and looked at Blue Letter Bible, of course, and looked at that word begotten, what does it mean? It actually, the Greek word used is monogenes, G3439, and so it's different from begotten, there's a different Greek word for begotten, but only begotten is monogenes, and what does that mean? Single of its kind, and so Yahushua is begotten son, right? So does being begotten son, be, be meaning monogenes son, does that mean being God as well? Well, why and who also are considered children of God? In the book of John 1, 12 to 13 and 18, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. So the Bible says that people like you and I, ordinary people like ourselves, right? Can we become children of God? Yeah. Yeah. Does it mean we become God too? No. We become children of God by believing in his name. We become children of God. Not by the will of the flesh, but by the will of God. However, Yahushua is different. Remember, he says we said he's monogenous, only begotten. He's the only begotten son. What does that mean? Does it mean he is a son because he too is God? This is why there are those who come up with the term God the Son. No. What does it mean that he's the only begotten son? What does that mean? The book of Hebrews 1, 4 down to 5, having having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. What does it mean that Yahushua is the only begotten son? of Abba does it mean that he is God the son no it simply means he was declared to be son of God to fulfill a specific purpose that only he can do this is why monogenes was used in John the book of John because all of us although we are considered sons and daughters of God our function is different from the only begotten son what is the function of the only begotten son in the book of Hebrews, as well, in 2 6 to 9, we read verse 9, but we see Yahushua, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. That's why he's monogenous theos. He is the son, only begotten son of God, not because he's God by nature, because the Bible says he was created lower than. The angels, I mean, if you were God, the son, why would you be created lower than the angels? No, monogenes, Huios, monogenes, the only begotten son means he was a man in nature, but he was crowned with glory and honor. The kind of crown no one else, no one else received, right? We don't have that crown. This crown was only given to his son. This is why he's monogenes, he's monogenes. Only begotten because he created by Yahuwah for the purpose of tasting death for everyone and after his suffering to wear the crown with glory and honor as the Mashiach or the Savior of mankind. This is why there's a big difference between Son of God and God the Son. He's not God the Son. He's Son of God and the true God God. Bible says he is not born. God is not man nor a son of man. The true God is not begotten. The true God is the one who begets. Okay, let's go to our next one. Colossians chapter 2, 9 to 10. This is what it says. For in him, in Yahushua, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power here Apostle Paul uh, mentions Yahushua and he says uh, Apostle Paul says that in him in Yahushua all the fullness of the Godhead bodily now does that mean that Yahushua is God no Apostle Paul clarifies what he meant in verse 10 he says in him who is the head of all principality and power what does it mean that in Yahushua the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells it means he is the head of all principality and power. Well, what does that mean? In the book of Matthew 28, 18, and Yahusha came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is why Yahusha, although he's a man in the state of being, he's not an ordinary man. He is monogenous, the only begotten. It's because he has a because he something was given to him and to him alone. What is that? All authority, not just on earth, but also in heaven. This is why the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him, because the power of God dwells in him, given to him to have authority in heaven and on earth. That's why in Ephesians 1:20 20 to 23, which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Take note, take note of this phrase, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so what does it mean that the Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead, dwells in Yahusha? It means Yahuwah's power was given to who? Yahusha, right? Does it mean Yahusha is now Yahuwah? Does it mean Yahusha is now God? No, because look at the last phrase there. The fullness of him also fills the body. Who's the body? That's us. If Yahusha's fullness dwells in us, does that make us Yahusha? No. No. And so in the same way, when it says the fullness of the Godhead was in, Yahu- in Yahusha, it, does, it doesn't mean that he too is God. It just means God's power is in Yahusha. But when it comes to authority and power, even though Apostle Paul tells us that Yahusha was placed above all things, what does he conclude about supreme authority and supreme power? Corinthians 15, 27 and 28, for the scripture says, God put all things under his feet. It is clear, of course, that the words, all things do not include God himself, who put all things under Christ. But when all things have been placed under Christ's rule, then he himself, the son, will place himself under God, who placed all things under him, and God will rule completely over all, even though Yahuwah placed all things under the feet of Christ. Apostle Paul says, Apostle Paul says, it is clear, of course, that the word all things does not include God Himself. And so we can see here the difference between God and Yahusha, right? Does Yahusha have power and authority? Yeah. How did he get that power and authority? It was given to him by Yahuwah. All things were placed under his feet, but when it says all things, it doesn't include Yahuwah. And so in the end, God will rule completely over all because the Son will place himself under who? God. And so if Yahusha is also God, then we have one God who submits to another God. Does that make any sense? No. That completely rejects and contradicts the teaching of the Trinity. The Trinity says in one God are three persons, God the Son, God the Son, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? But Yahushua, the Son, will subject himself under God. And so the Trinity is nowhere to be Found. Okay, let's go look at the next one. John chapter 10, and the verse is 33. Let's read what it says John 10, 33. The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. And so this is used often to teach yahusha is God because yahusha is being persecuted because he's claiming to be God. However, this is not the conclusion of the Apostle John. This is the the conclusion of who? The Jews. The Jews like to make false accusations against Yahusha, right? One of which is that Yahusha is making himself to be God. Did Yahusha ever say that he is God? No. Then why did the Jews say that he is making himself out to be God? What actually did Yahusha say? which made the Jews think and believe, and therefore accused Yahusha of making the claim that he is God. What did Yahusha actually say? Well, we read 33. Let's read 34 to 38. Yahusha answered them, Is it not written in your laws, I said you are gods, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the son of God. If I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. So did Yahusha actually make the claim I'm God? Is that what he said? He said, I am God. No, what he said was, I am the son of God. And so Yahusha says, Why are you persecuting me when I said I am the son of God? He did not say, Why are you persecuting me because I said I am God? No, Yahusha never said that. He never claimed that. He says, I am the son of God. But they're persecuting him because they're thinking he's making the claim that he is God. And so, in response to this accusation, what did Yahusha say to them? He said to them, he quoted the book of Psalms 82, verse 5, if I'm not mistaken. He quoted Psalms 82, and he said, in your law, right? Yehovah God says, I said, you are God. If you read Psalms 82, you will find a council of God. And the members of that council were called gods. And this was applied also to the elders during the days of Moses. They were, the judges were also called gods, Elohim. Does it mean that they are uh, uh, God, the creator? No. So the law allows them to be called uh, gods. And so Yahushua is speaking to these Pharisees and he says, well, according to your law, you know, these people to whom the word came were called gods. I never said, I am God. All I said was, I am the son of God. And so Yahusha." is destroying their argument by saying to them, first of all, I never said I'm God. Second, he said, I am the son of God. And what does it mean that he's the son of God? He does the works of his father. And so John 10, 33, does not teach that Yahusha is God. Instead, it teaches that Yahusha claimed that he is the son of God, one who is obedient to the true God who is the father. Okay. All right, let's look at John 5, and the verse is 18. This is what it says. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Again, this was not the conclusion of Apostle John. Whose conclusion was this? The Jews, the Pharisees, they make the accusation against Yahusha that he broke the Sabbath. Now, they're also making the accusation that he's making himself equal with God. You notice uh, Christendom today, all of Christendom today, the majority, they believe Yahusha abolished the Sabbath, right? All of Christendom today, practically all, believe that Yahusha is God. Do you know where that doctrine came from? The Pharisees, the Jews. They're making now this claim that Yahusha is making himself equal with God. Why did they make this accusation? Well, let's go ahead and read 16 all the way to 18. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Yahushua and sought and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Yehusha answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And so what made The Jews accused Yahushua of making himself equal with God because he called God his father. I wonder what they would think of when Yahushua said to his disciples, call God father, right? Your Abba. And so to call God father, does that make you God? And so they're making the claim that Yahushua is God or they're accusing Yahushua of making the claim that he's God simply because he said he's the father. Yahushua said that, that, that God is his father, right? That's true. But he doesn't say that I am also God. He doesn't say that. It's not in the passage. Okay, let's go to John 1, 1 and 14. This is what it says in John 1, 1, 14. In the beginning was the word. Okay, you have that? And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so that's what it says in John one one and fourteen. Uh, does it teach that Yahusha is God? <laughs> but how do they use this passage to teach that Yahusha is God? They say that Yahusha was God in the beginning, and then Yahusha, who was God in the beginning, became what? Flesh. What does that mean? He became man. And so they use John 1, 1 and 14 to teach what they call the incarnation. God, I mean, Yahushua was God in the beginning. But then he became man or he became flesh. However, let's observe John 1, 1 14. There are two things I want you to observe in John 1, 1 14. What's the first thing I want you to observe? In the beginning was the word. Question, in this passage of scripture, do you see Christ even mentioned? Is Christ mentioned at all? Is Yahushua mentioned in this passage at all? What is this passage about? What is it about? It's about the Word. It doesn't say in the beginning was the Christ, does it? No, it says in the beginning was the Word. That's the first thing I want you to see. What was in the beginning was the Word. It doesn't say in the beginning was Christ, but the Word. What also should we see? It says the Word became flesh. And so it's not the Christ who became flesh. Who became flesh? The Word, not Mashiach. Mashiach did not become flesh. The Word became flesh. And so nowhere in John 1.14, John one and 14, can we read Christ or Mashiach or Yahushua. What we find is the Word, the Word was in the beginning. The Word was with God and became flesh. Okay, that's what we find in John 1, 1 and 14. So what does that mean? The word. Does it mean Christ? Well, let's read the word in the Greek. It's Greek 3056 and it is called Logos. Logos. What is Logos? Well, the Strong's definition is something said, also reasoning. Okay, so it's a mental Expression the result of thinking, and so in the beginning, because the Bible says the logos was with God, in the beginning, God is thinking and reasoning, so there was a special reasoning in the beginning. What else is the meaning of logos in simple terms? Word logos means word, thought, concept, and the expression thereof. Encyclopedia means logos in the Greek, means word, reason, or plan. So, in the beginning, this plan was with who? With God. In other words, God was the one who conceived of this plan called Logos, and this is a special plan because it's called the Logos. There's a definite article in front of Logos, meaning this is not just a plan, this is the plan, okay? There's a difference between a plan and the plan. When you have T-H-E, a definite article in front of it, it means a special plan. The plan referring to the plan of God's for the salvation of man through who? Yahusha. And so the Logos that was in the beginning, this is the plan, the idea of Yahuwah that he had in the beginning. And so when we look at John 1:1:14, 1, 1, in the beginning, Yahuwah already conceived of a plan for the redemption of mankind. It's called the Logos, the Word. But brother, why does it say the Word was God? Right? This is where people gravitate towards in making their conclusion that Yahusha used to be God and then he became man because it says right there, the word was God. Now, when Apostle John writes the word was God, does he mean that the word or the logos was God himself, as literally God? Is that what he's referring to here? No because if that was the case, we're going to have a contradiction in the passage. Look at the passage. It says the word was with God, and the word was God. So if the word, the thought of God is also God himself, then what would we have? We would have God was with God, and that would be a contradiction, right? And so Why did Apostle John say the word was gone? You know, we only have this confusion because we're reading the English translation. If a person who understood Greek read the original Greek manuscripts, there's no confusion. No confusion. But because we're translating the Greek to English, there are nuances of the Greek language that doesn't carry over in the English this is why it's best for us to look at the passage in Greek. And this is how it looks like in Greek. That's John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning, what's the word? The word was with God, and God was the word, okay? There are two phrases that we're going to focus on here. The first phrase is that part that says the word was with God, right there. You see it? Word was with God. Underneath the English words you can see the Greek you see the Greek underneath right and on top of it you can also see the uh, how it's used in the passage at the bottom is the dilemma which is the the root word of the Greek okay and on top is how it's actually used in the passage there's going to be some variation between dilemma underneath no one on top because words change depending on how they're using the sentence. OK, so let's look at word was with God. It's right there. The other phrase we're going to compare is the, the part that says the word was God. Here it's God was the word. OK, so you see those two phrases? Word was with God and God was the word. We're going to compare how the term God is used in both phrases. Let's look at the first phrase. Word was with God. What, what, what is the Greek word for God? Yeah, it's theos. Do you see that word there? Theos. Theos. But do you notice when in this phrase the word was with God, there's a tiny, I wouldn't even say it's a word, but there's a Greek symbol that's added there. right? Do you see it? What is that? Do you see that right there? Right? Do you see it now? And so in the phrase, the word was with God. When you look at God there, there's an extra word in the front. It's called a definite article. Pon, right? There's an O. It's the Greek word G3588. What is G3588? It is ho. H O. It's the transliteration is ho. What is that? It is a definite article, which means the. When you have a the in the front, it makes it unique. It makes it unique. It's not generic. For example, when you say an apple, a regular apple, okay? It could be any apple. But when you say the apple, it makes it unique. Not just any apple, but the apple. You see the difference? And so when it says... um, a god versus the god because in hebrew the word elohim which means god is referred to other celestial beings and so there's a need to distinguish between a god and the god the only creator okay so this is why when you find the the in the definite the definite article the it means something special it's referring to the God, and here in the phrase the word was with God, it doesn't simply say God, there's a definite article in front of it, ho, theos, and so according to Bible scholars, for example, uh, William Barclay, Gospel of John, he wrote, when the Greek uses a noun, it almost always uses the definite article with it, the Greek for God is theos, and the definite article is ho, ho, The God, meaning not just any God, but the God. And the reason why I say God is because like what Yahusha said in Psalms 82, right? Some celestial beings are referred to as Elohim as well, God, but not the God with the H-O in front. There's only one God who is the creator of all things, but other celestial beings are referred to as God as well, not the God who is the creator. To distinguish, you have to have an H-O in the front okay so let's go ahead and according also to William Barclay when when Greek speaks about God it does not simply say theos it says ho theos so when we go back and compare you can see ho theos in the phrase the word was with God and so that means when it says the word was with God it's referring to God himself it's referring to God the noun okay and so the word, the thought, was with God because the thought came from God, who created the whole universe. Now, let's take a look at the other phrase. God was the word or the word was God. Look at the other phrase. What do you notice? What do you notice when you look at theos? What is it missing? What is it lacking? You see what it's lacking? What is lacking? It's lacking the definite article. Compare the two theos and just theos and so in the phrase god was the word or the word was god the theos lacks the definite article what does that mean now when the greek does not use the definite article with a noun that noun becomes much more like an adjective okay which means what well the closing word of verse 1, John 1-1, should be translated, the Logos was, divine. Here the word theos has no article, thus giving it the significance of an adjective. This is why in other translations of the whole Bible, the Logos existed in the very beginning. The Logos was with God. The Logos was, divine. Another translation, speed. translation, in the beginning was the word, the word existed. The word was with God. The word was divine. And so when we look at John 1, 1, 14, the logos, the plan of God in the beginning was with God. God conceived of it. And this divine plan or this plan of God is divine because this plan of God is for our salvation. And who? what does it mean that the word or the logos became flesh? It simply means... When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And so in the beginning, it was a plan, right? But when the fullness of the time would come, that plan would be fulfilled. How was it fulfilled? When Yahusha was born of a woman, became flesh. The fulfillment was a child. The fulfillment was a man who was Yahushua because in the plan of Yahuwah, Yahushua is going to? Die. That's why in Hebrews chapter 2, he is to die and suffer. After that, he is going to be placed with a crown of glory and honor. And so that's the plan of salvation. This is why it's called the Logos. It's the plan of God for the redemption of mankind. John 1 1 14 does not teach that Yahushua was God in the beginning who became man. No, it teaches that Yahuwah's plan in the very beginning involves his begotten son who has to die. Therefore, he needs to be man to die for our sake so that he can use him as an instrument to give salvation and eternal life for each and every one of us. Let's go and look at 1 John 5, 20. Let's take a look. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son, Yahushua Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So that's written in John, 1 John 5:20. Take a look at the last sentence, because this is how they use this passage and twist it to make it appear that Yahushua is God. What's the last sentence say? This is the true God and eternal life. And so they take that last sentence and they conclude this last sentence applies to who? Yahushua Christ. And so this is a true God and eternal life applies to his son Yahusha Christ, but that's not what the Bible actually says. Let's read it, okay? Let's read it slowly. First of all, uh, we know that the Son of God has come. So who has come? Who has come? The Son of God. Who's that? Yahusha. So Yahusha has come. Why did he come? The Bible says he has given us an understanding. So he will teach, right? So that we can have an understanding. What is this understanding that he will teach us? Well, the Bible says, that we may know Him, right? Who is true. Him who is true, and so Yahushua he came. One of the reasons why he came is to teach us a proper understanding about who, Him who is true, right? You know, you want know to see underlined part? He's going to teach us about this Him who is true, and who is this Him who is true that will be taught by Yahushua. uh, This is the true God and eternal life. So the sentence, this is the true God and eternal life, refers to the Him who is true. That will be introduced or taught by Yahusha. It doesn't refer to Christ. Because if Him who is true, if this is the true God and eternal life, refers to Yahusha, then we're going to have Yahusha having a son whose name is also Yahusha. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense, doesn't it? And so Yahushua was sent to give us the understanding of this him who is true, who happens to be the true God and eternal life. Did Yahusha do that? Yeah, he did. Who is that? Who did he introduce as the only true God and eternal life? Did he say, that's me? Did Yahusha say, I'm the only true God and eternal life? No. In John 17, 1 and 3, Yahushua spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father. The hour has come, glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Yahusha Christ whom you have sent. And so did Yahusha, did he fulfill one of the reasons why he was sent? Yeah. What was one of the reasons why he was sent? To teach us about this him, right? This him who is true. And who is this him who is true? The only true God and eternal life. Now he identifies who that is in this passage. Who is that? Yahusha says, Father, Father, may they know you. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Yahushua, Christ, of you have sent. And so first John 5.20 does not teach that Yahushua is the only true God and eternal life. Instead, it teaches that Yahushua was sent, so that we can understand and learn that Yahuwah, the Father is the only true God and eternal life okay so it teaches the opposite of that let's go to the next one Romans ten thirteen. this is what Romans ten thirteen says for whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved it's interesting I don't really know how to respond <laughs> so let's go ahead and bypass that <laughs> I mean if you can twist this passage to teach that Yahushua is God well, <laughs> that's a miracle. How? I don't know. I, I cannot see how anyone can teach Yahushua's God based on this passage. Can you? I don't see how that works. So let's leave that. I don't really see the, the logic. I, don't, I, I cannot unless uh, someone will clarify for me and help me understand how you can use this to teach Yahushua's God. Please let me know. Uh, so let's go ahead to the next one. John 8, 57 to 58. It's an interesting one. Uh, Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Yahushua said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And so they use this passage to teach that Yahushua is God because they say that Yahushua is referring to himself as the I am. However, the capital I and the capital M, that's just English translation, Okay. When in the actual Greek, it just says, Yahusha, uh, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. It doesn't say I am in capital letters, because in Exodus 3.15, we know that Yahuwah introduced himself as Yahuwah, which means I am who I am. And so they use this passage connected to Exodus and say, look, here's Yahusha. He's saying that he is God. No, he's simply saying before Abraham was, I am. Oh, What does that mean? Before Abraham was, I am. If you remember in John 1, 1, the Logos exists in the very beginning. The Logos was with God. The Logos was divine. So even before creation, Yahuwah was already thinking about Yahushua before he created the world, right? And so he's the Logos. And so before Abraham was created, before Moses was created, before the prophets were created, Yahuwah already had in his mind the coming of Mashiach. Christ was already in his mind. And so when it comes to plan, Yahushua came first. When it, comes to, when it came to fulfillment, Abraham came first. David came first or it came before Yahusha. This is why Yahusha is called the seed of Abraham, the son of David. When it comes to fulfillment, it wasn't until the fullness of the time. Right? When it comes to planning, who became first? Yahusha. He is the logos that existed in the very beginning. Well, what does it mean when Yahusha said, most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. If you notice in the book of John, if you read the book of John, the gospel according to John, you will find Yahusha making many I am statements. We have nine I am statements in the book of John. Yahusha says, I am the bread of life, John 6. He says, I am the light of the world, John 8. He says, I am he. He's referring to himself as the Mashiach. Because at this point, many people were expecting the coming of Mashiach based on the prophecies. And so he refers to himself as I am he. I'm the fulfillment of Mashiach. This is why when the Samaritan woman was speaking with Yahusha, he's saying, are you the one? Are you the coming one? He says, I am he, right? (laughs) I am the door of the sheep, John 10. I am the resurrection and the life, John 11. I am the good shepherd, John 10. I am the son of God, John 10. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14. I am the true vine, John 15. So throughout John, you find nine I am statements. This is why Yahusha says before Abraham was, I am. Because before Abraham was born, in the very beginning, Yahuwah already planned What Yahushua is going to do? What are they? He's going to be the Bread of life, light of the world. He's going to be the Mashiach. He's going to be the door to the sheep, the resurrection, the life, the shepherds of God, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, and the true vine. So in the beginning, Yahushua already planned what Yahushua is going to fulfill. That's why he is the I am. It was conceived already, pre-planned in the beginning. But you notice? You notice something missing in Yahushua's I am statements? What do you notice is missing? Throughout the entire Bible. (laughs) Yahushua says, I am the bread of life. He says all these things, I am. But never, never, never did Yahushua ever say, I am God. Did you notice that? He says many I am statements, but not once, not once does he ever say, I am God. Think about it, brethren. Think about it. If Yahushua is truly God, don't you think he should have said, I am God, right? I mean, if he's truly God, shouldn't he say, shouldn't he have said, I am God? Especially during those times when people were already thinking that he's God. He should have said, I am God. But he never said that, did he? Not only did Yahushua never say that he's God, Yehusha said the Father is the only true God, right? In John 20, 17, look at this. Yahusha said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not ascended I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. And so Yahushua never says I am God, but he does say my God is also your God. Who is that? Yahushua also said my father is also your father. And in John 17, he said the father is the only true God. Brethren, just... Without any bias whatsoever, just look at these passages and process it for a minute. Yahushua never claims he's God. And he also says the Father is the only true God. And the Father is his Father and our Father, his God and our God. It cannot be plainer than that. Never did Yahushua teach that he is God. Instead, he taught the Father is the only true God. Okay. All right. Let's go to John eight twenty two to 24. This is what it says. So the Jews said, we will, we will kill him. Will, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So here's who's saying when he was speaking to the Pharisees. He says, I am from above, you are of this world. I am not of this world. And so when Yahushua said, I am not of this world, does it mean that he is God? That's not what it says. He's simply saying that his plan and purpose, his mission is not from this world. It is from God. And the fulfillment of his mission is not to set up a kingdom. I mean, his plan and purpose, uh in, as far as Mashiach is concerned, that is from eternity. In other words, Yahuwah's eternal plan is concerning Yahuwah, Yahusha. But he's not saying that he is gone. Now, just in case there are those who will use this verse to teach that Yahusha is God, what was the answer of Yahusha? Let's keep reading uh, 25 to 29. Then they said to him, who are you? And Yahushua said to them, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the father. Then Yahusha said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. So according to our king, Yahushua, what does it mean that he is not of this world, that he's different from these Pharisees? He says, Yahushua himself said, the one who sent me is my father. And so he was sent by the father, he was not sent from this world. He became who he is, not because of a product of the teachings, human teachings here on earth. Because when you look at the Pharisees, they all came from rabbis who mentored them, like Gamaliel mentored Apostle Paul, right? They were a product of this world, but Yahusha, different. He's a product of who? Yahuwah, Yahuwah sent him. He's not of this world, he's from heaven. His teachings come from Abba. It doesn't come from this world. This is why Yahushua says, I am he, the coming one, the Mashiach. I do nothing of myself. As my father taught me, I speak these things. And so Yahushua is saying that he can do nothing by himself. He depends on the father. And so this tells us Yahushua cannot be gone. Because Yahushua, if he's God, he, why would he say he's nothing by himself? Okay, so he this shows us he's dependent upon God, not God himself okay let's go look at John 13 18 to 19 I do not speak concerning all of you I know whom I have chosen but the scripture may be fulfilled he who eats bread with me and has lifted up his heel against me now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass you may believe that I am he okay does it say anything here about Yahusha being God does it no all he says I am he what does that mean he is the coming one the Mashiach because the prophecies speak about the coming of a king a Mashiach the anointed one he's basically saying that's me I am he he is the fulfillment of the promised one it doesn't say he is God it's not mentioned in the passage and lastly let's take a look at Isaiah 44 6 Right, Bible verses that tells Jesus is the first and the last. And so let's look at Isaiah 44:6. 6. It says, Thus says Yahuwah, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, Yahuwah of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And so Yahuwah, the only true God, says I am the first and I am the last. In Revelation 2, verse 8, And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write these things, says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. And so Yahushua also calls himself the first and the last. And this is also echoed in Revelation 1, 17 to 18. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forever. And so what we have is Yahuwah saying, I am the first and the last. And Yahushua also says, I am the first and the last. Okay, so conclusion, Yahuwah, Is Yahusha. Yahusha is Yahuwah, or Yahusha is God. However, that's not a conclusive uh, biblical passage. It doesn't conclude that Yahuwah is God. I mean, that Yahusha is God. So, why does it say that Yahuwah is the first and the last, and Yahusha is also the first and the last? Well, we so far looked at Isaiah, Revelation 2, and Revelation 1, and the key. It turns out, it's Corinthians 8.6. Yeah. Yahuwah is the first and the last. Yahusha is the first and the last. How can they be both? How is Yahuwah first and last? And how is Yahusha first and last? Let's read the book of Corinthians 8.6. But we know that there's only one God, right? The Father who created everything. And we live for him. And there's only one Lord, Yahusha Christ, through whom God made everything, and through whom we have been given life. And so why is Yahuwah God first? Yahuwah God is first because He was the one who created what? Everything. everything. He's the first. He created all things. And Yahusha is also first because Yahuwah created everything through who? It says Yahusha. <laughs> Yahusha Christ, through whom God made everything. And so Yahusha was the Logos. In Colossians 1:15 and 16, he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things were created by him and for him so Yahuwah is first because he's the creator Yahushua is first because he's the firstborn of all creation what does that mean everything was created by Yahuwah God through Yahusha. In other words, Yahuwah was thinking of Yahusha to be the mediator, to be the one by whom all things were created and for whom all things were created because all things would be reconciled through him. This is why he's the first. Yahuwah is the first and Yahusha is also the first. Yahweh is a creator, but all things were created through Yahusha. OK, well, what does it mean? Yehuah is last and Yahush is also last. Acts 17, verse 31, because he, Yahuwah, has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And so why is Yahuwah the last? Because he appointed a day, the last day, right? Judgment day, the final judgment. The last. And why is Yahusha the last? Because this judgment will be carried out by the man he appointed. Who is that? The man who was risen from the dead. Who is that? Yes. Yahusha. And so Yahuwah is last because he appointed the day of judgment, the last day. He, and Yahusha is last because the one who will execute that judgment is who? Yahusha. And so Yahuwah is last. Yahusha is last. Yahusha is, is first and last. Yahusha is first and last. Not because Yahuwah and Yahusha are both gods, no. But Yahuwah in becoming the first and the last will use, is using Yahusha as the instrument for doing those things, okay? So, so far, brethren, we have answered uh, these questions, uh, these passages. And haven't you noticed? I mean, there's no conclusive passage at all. Every passage that was given to us, what do you notice about these passages? (laughs) It doesn't teach that Yahushua is God. Instead, right, you notice every single passage that they use, it actually teaches the opposite of it. You notice that? This is why it really bothers the mind how people today who use the Bible as their basis can conclude that Yahushua is God doesn't say that think about it. if Yahusha is truly god he should have said so but he never did but he did tell us who the true god is and after saying who the true god is he said he's the only only true god this is what we believe in i know many many people who profess christendom who profess christianity who profess Yahusha. they'll be very angry with this message but brethren we invite you to look deeper into these passages hopefully there will be other biblical passages because I really want to understand I really want to understand why people believe Yahushua's God so if you have any other biblical passages that you believe teaches is God please let me know let me know and we'll discuss it further in our future Bible studies but it's all brethren let us stand and we shall pray together everlasting Abba yes gracious Alahim. Thank you so much for the blessings that you have given us in our study today. Amen. Father, may you please bless the minds and the hearts of our viewers yes. so that as they continue to investigate the scriptures yes. together with us, we can be together and be of one mind and one faith. Amen. As we worship you as our only true God, Amen. Yahusha, our King, the Son of God, yes. Mashiach, the promised coming one. Yes. We believe you are the one anointed by Abba for us to receive salvation. Thank you for giving us this understanding. Help us to hold on all the more to your truth and help us to surrender ourselves completely to you. Father, please bless all of our loved ones. Bless our families. Help us all that we can be together in the faith, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. We ask and beg everything loving Abba in the name of our Lord and Savior. Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.